Cage Fight, the first episode, in many ways the inaugural episode, of a new show that I'm not entirely sure exactly what we're doing. We'll come to that in a minute. My name is Gregory Aikman, and I am joined by the person whose idea this was. Hello. Hey, I'm Thomas Beeman, and I thought about watching Nicolas Cage movies, because that, like, that seemed like a good idea at the time. I mean, it's, it's a great idea. Nicolas Cage has, what? what's he got, 111 films, is it? Yeah, it's real up there, yeah. And your idea was to go through each individual Nicolas Cage film, try and work out, amongst other things, what his best one was. Or at least what's yeah. the most definitive, most Nick Cage of Nick Cage films there has ever been. Absolutely. The, the movie Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent comes out soon, or is already out. And I just thought, man, I've seen Nick Cage... I enjoy some of his films, but like this, this man has such a like legend and a myth about uh, his acting and who he is. Mm. And I'm like, I I just want to see like the progression of that person. You know what I'm saying? I agree wholeheartedly. And another thing which I'm kind of hoping will happen as a result of this. Right. This is going to be a tough sell, but it's not impossible. I reckon we can make friends with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's he's going to be up for that, and I reckon we can get him. So everyone listening, there are currently two people involved in this show. The intention, as far as I'm concerned, is there will be three people doing this show, one of which will be Nicolas Cage. Absolutely, yeah. And really, Nicolas Cage is a friend to all people. Yeah. We just want to be closer friends. I want him to tell me everything he thinks about shortbread. I want him to look me in my little Gregory eyes and tell me exactly what makes him the most beautiful of all actors. Not the best. No one's going to argue that he's the best, because what did he do? Mm. Was it 26 or 46 straight to um, DVD or video on demand films to get himself out of debt? (laughs) Yeah. You know, he worked his ass off. All right. He made some mistakes and he worked his ass off. And hey, <laughs> this is why we're here is to watch that work. Each episode will go through two films. By the end of each episode, we'll have decided which of those two films is the best. And like any other real life sporting event, we'll go through this a second round where everyone fights everyone else. So on, so on. Nicolas Cage will join us at some point and then we'll yep. work out what is the best. Well, let's be clear. He's always with us. He's with us in spirit, but that is not enough. That's not yeah, enough. No. I want him physically no, here. Him. Yes. I want him here holding my hand as we discuss films. We will all three hold hands yes. and watch a Nicolas Cage film at the end of this. That's going to be That's a promise we can deliver on. What films are we doing today? We watched Peggy Sue Got Married mm-hmm. and Left Behind. Yes. Two wonderful films. They feel like they're from different parts of his career. Absolutely. Yeah, these could not be more separate, in my opinion. Peggy Sue Got Married is him kind of coming up. I think he's even still a Coppola, technically, during the filming of this. So he hasn't even quite changed his name yet. And he hasn't landed on what he's going to do with his voice. Because that Mm. can't be his real voice that he puts on for the whole thing. 
this. I have a note here. That's like, <laughs> is that really like? Is this a choice that he's making? Because man, he's nasally. It must be a choice because it does feel like a, a nasally version of his own voice. Like it's not a million miles away from what 1986 Nicolas Cage sounded like. Yeah. But on the other side of that, mm. like he always, like his voice seems like it always lives like up in his sinuses a little bit mm. too. It's kind of hard to tell like if it's actually a choice he's making like on one hand i get it he, he's like going he's a teenager yeah you know he's trying to be a high school kid so he's trying to do something but i just feel like that's where he lives is right up there in the sinuses with that it's voice ridiculous because his character in that are we supposed to like his because you know spoiler i didn't like his character well we definitely don't like him at the start right no. like he has ruined peggy sue's adult life her wonderful dream of having kids mm. he's ruined that for us also he's in a commercial he's yeah. a wacky commercial guy yeah but so like i've never met one in real life i imagine wacky commercial guys are, they're, they're gonna be good people because their hearts are in the right place they're just I, idiots presumably. I, I gotta tell you they're obnoxious really all the time oh uh, yeah so we we definitely hate him at the start directed by francis ford coppola this this film isn't it yes it is his third film that he's directed by his uncle in uh, in the first like 10 films of his career i know he changed his name for many reasons including not wanting to be accused of nepotism yeah which is brave it, i guess to a degree i mean it's really brave but what would be braver is not doing some of your first movies with your uncle because <laughs> yeah not getting onto the scene being ushered onto a scene with nepotism <laughs> and then deject it uh, after you've already got your credits in. Only takes one minute 40 <laughs> seconds in Peggy Sue Got Married before we get our first glimpse of Nicolas Cage in the advert yes. yelling about sort of like my crazy prices are crazy. Crushing like. Chinese cracker cookies. Fortune cookies? Fortune. That's what they're yeah, usually yeah, yeah. called. That's <laughs> and just screaming about great deals at... What the fuck is he selling again? I it's... don't know. I think it's some sort of uh, white goods. Is he selling, like, uh, washing machines and stuff? Okay, that I thought it was appliances first. Yeah. And then later in the movie, he's in a record store selling records? Yes! Yes, when he starts to work with... So maybe his dad started selling records, but then branched into appliances. I, I guess, yeah, that makes sense. In the 60s, I suppose records were really big, but then appliances became really huge yeah. in, like, 70s, 80s. So his father was... There's some world building here. That's crazy. So, really, this is a much smarter film than I gave it credit for. Actually, you want to know something? Mm. I really thought this movie was just pure kind of dumbness. Yeah. It, it really, the whole thing is a little bit smarter than I thought it would be. I had no idea about this film before I watched it the other day. I'd heard the words, Peggy Sue got married, but I'd never seen the film myself. I was very... Oh, really? Yeah, I was very shocked to find out that it's essentially just Back to the Future. Yeah. Wasn't that shocking? It was very shocking, and I was still I was still reeling from the fact that after a few seconds of watching the credits, it's like, Jim Carrey's in this? Yeah, he. that was very surprising to me, and God bless that man, because he really Jim Carrey's the fuck out of that character. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he's still brand new, and what he's doing is quite fresh. Especially with a background character. Mm. like you, I feel like I will remember that character more than a lot of other ones from this film. And somehow he didn't come across as creepy. Yeah, he was just like the wild little high school US student, you know? I mean, is that... Because you're... I don't think it's unfair to say you're American, right? Um, only technically, I guess. <laughs> um, but you went to America school, uh, high school I in America. I did go to USA High. 
is it just like that? Because every film I've seen with American school in it is just like Peggy Sue Got Married. I want to say it's close. It's definitely a lot not like that nowadays, but it's still very, like, high school has not changed in America that much. Okay, cool. In which case, here's a second question to do specifically with America, which seems to be a strong plot point for Peggy Sue. Maybe Mm. this is an American thing. Maybe this is an 80s thing. Her getting divorced from Cage in the setup of the film, the first, like, 10 minutes, everyone's going on about that being a huge, huge deal. Is that america or is that the 80s or is it a heady combination of the two yeah that is both things together divorce was such a big deal back in those days because the the american dream Hmm. there's a scene in the movie later on past this point where uh one of her friends were just like really upset that they all weren't going to be married on the same street and having kids and and doing the barbecue thing and like that panic is very real especially in the 80s where the dream had to be like you had to follow the dream Mm. it's what everyone wanted you better want it and anything that gets in the way of that is the destruction of like american culture so in many ways peggy sue got married is showing you that the american dream is not necessarily the correct thing still like the fact that she goes against it, mm. she goes, she back to the futures it, and while she's yep. being all McFly, she's actually dismantling the American dream. Is this a communist film? Is this a dirty red film? So, well, she slept with the guy who, the one guy she slept with mm-hmm. in the film, yep, was why everyone referred to as the communist liberal. That's that's true, but the thing is, does that imply that this film has got a liberal bent or? Does it imply Absolutely. that this film hates liberals because the one definitely liberal character is the biggest prick in the whole film? You know, it could be both, mm. honestly, because he is a bit of a twat, but he really, like, is of his own thing and makes more commentary about America back then than most characters do. Mm. I just think I was put off because he reads Bukowski. <laughs> Absolutely, but, like, back, I think... Not even in the 80s, but when this movie came out, yeah. people were like, oh, that's big head shit. <laughs> I want to get back to, it's not until this moment that I've realized, mm. but when you said the title of this film, Peggy Sue Got Married, most of the film is about how Peggy Sue got divorced, really. Yeah. It's the setup, though, isn't it? Like, the film is birthed from the concept of Peggy Sue getting married. Without her getting married, she wouldn't have had the divorce, she wouldn't have had the crisis of conscience, she probably wouldn't have the mystical, a bit quantum leapy and back to the future thing of passing out because she was a queen. Her getting married is the catalyst for everything. The film is not about that, but it needs it. It's like if you called Mm. the film whatever her parents' names were. They were needed to create her, and she was needed for the story. I, I gotta talk about this scene uh, very at the very start of the movie yeah. where she is announced prom queen for the second time. Yeah. She's horrified. She is suffering from PTSD, it would seem like, and having, like, the worst moment of her life up there. The whole experience of her getting ready to go do this, she was very apprehensive to begin with, and it felt like her getting married all over again. Yeah. In the sense of, like, she's making this mistake again and now she's freaking out and it was so traumatic it's so incredibly traumatic Mm. but are we supposed to believe that that is what made her go back in time i I think so i think because if you get sad enough and stressed out enough you could potentially go back in time because 
not Meg Ryan was stood up there in front of everyone. I thought you needed. I thought you needed a doctor and a car. I mean, and, but this <laughs> this movie deposits just get sad. Yeah, that's all you need. And people are around trying to talk about try to be as happy as you want and work on your mental health. No, don't work on your mental health if you want to travel through time. I quite liked that she was definitely much older than all the kids when she went back to high school, which which made perfect sense. Even though they used all of the same actors, they did such a good job with the makeup. Yeah. Everyone looked so much younger when they were at high school, apart from yeah. her, who just maintained looking this like late 30s, early 40s yeah, woman. I mean, she has, I believe, like films even when she was that young that she was in, she just had that kind of very mature face. Mm. Right, because you know it was just mm-hmm. PTSD that made her travel through time, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yep. When she was walking up to stage after she'd been announced as the prom queen, there were quite a few people who were unable to blow bubbles. <laughs> tons of people around blowing yeah. bubbles. Like, tons yeah. of them failed, so I wonder whether there's any sort of hint going on there. The idea of a completed bubble will allow her the ability to step into the... To You know mm-hmm. in Labyrinth when um, uh, Jennifer Connelly goes into the ball and she does that via the sort of like bubbly spherical crystal thing? Yeah, right. Maybe it was alluding to that, the people breaking all the bubbles in the background, and as soon as one got completed, because she passed out as someone blew bubbles correctly. So I wonder whether the bubbles are more important. I mean, maybe you didn't notice it because it's not important at all and I've got too much time on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Because she comes around straight away into the hospital in her high school, Mm. where there's a lovely bit of business where someone goes, why aren't you giving blood? I can't, I'm too anemic. Why don't you drink that nail polish? Come here and show me how. That lovely little set to is is just yeah. incredible. That The whole relationship between her and that character, mm. who is essentially a lady bully, number one, what a brilliant... It has a great arc to it throughout the film. I'm glad we get to touch back with it every so often, because that lady I both root for and hate. Mm. Well, she's a bully with very low stakes. Like She's not harming anyone. I know she's intending to. She's got all the bully mentality, but she seems like such a weak character that no one minds. Yeah. It's a great relationship that she has Mm. with a lot of characters, honestly. Yeah. It seems like there's no one who did not like Peggy Sue. Well, how could you not like Peggy Sue? It's true. But then, to be honest, we never saw Peggy Sue as a teenager. We always saw her as a divorcee. It was incredible. The only unpleasant characters seemed to be the the boys at the school, who seemed not as threatening as they usually are in these sort of films. There wasn't that sort of unpleasantness. But there did seem to be just an irritation, but it could be also because they are just like a barbershop quartet, which immediately put me against them. Wow. Yeah, that uh, I was like, oh, he's in a band, right? Yeah. They all play instruments and stuff. Nope, they, they're a barbershop quartet. And they sing, and all the women lose their fucking minds. Is that him singing? I don't know. You see, I've got a note it here saying, like see if him. He... Can he sing, though? If he can, why is Cage not singing in all of his films? My belief is that, of course he sings. We just have to prove that he can. And I can't. Because <laughs> I think that's him. I, I suppose it must be. But then, has, has Cage ever released, um... Let's ask the internet. Fuck, what? Nick Cage discography... Um, Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Shit. This can't be good. He's 
released a couple of albums. It really sounded like his voice. Mm. So I believe I believed it at least. I'll put it that way. Basically, do you think Peggy Sue was right to see her relationship with Cage as ruining her entire life? Right, right. So like throughout the entire film, she is trying to figure out if it's one okay, at the first step she's trying to break away from it in order to explore the things that she never got to explore, mm. like talking to the nerd and uh, bumping the art guy. Yeah. Um, and then it becomes more about, uh, is it worth go getting back with Nick Cage just because like he's a singer and he wants to make it big. She kind of blames herself that that never worked out. Mm. And also he cheated on her later. Yeah. Like during the marriage, so like, is it is it really worth going with? And then, in my opinion, like, I don't think the film ever gets to a point where it definitely gives us a good reason why Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, the implication was that she got pregnant when she was eighteen, out of wedlock, and because of the area they lived and the time that they lived, that was unacceptable. So they had to get married because of that. So presumably, as much as they loved one another, they loved each other in that infatuation high school way, so mm. marriage should yeah. never have been on the cards. They were married married too young yeah. because of pregnant. Yeah. Although it is incredible that uh, Nick Cage's character does the thing which I imagine so many young men have done around that age. So like, we should see other people, and is really down for that, until she goes, yeah, okay. So, no, I didn't mean you! Oh, yeah. oh no! Yeah, I want to bump other women, yeah. but like... You're with another guy, that's not okay. Exactly. When I said we should see other people, what I meant... <laughs> and also, right, 27 minutes in, I don't know whether this is to do with the time travel affecting Peggy Sue's sort of metabolism or anything, but she drinks mm. two glasses of whiskey and is absolutely slammed. Yeah, she is completely drunk mm. off of what was, I think, like, a total of four shots. Yeah, okay, so two large whiskeys. Right, two of hard alcohol, yeah. Which, again, and the dad does like mm. mom and dad. They don't care. They she's had a hard day. You know, <laughs> it's fine. She got she gave blood and is acting very strange. Let's not take her to the hospital. She drinks. Yeah, no, that's fine too. She's just let her sleep it off. Which is the right Fucking attitude. Wild. The correct attitude. How they treat her makes absolutely zero sense mm. because. It's so many red flags, <laughs> and they, they just don't do anything about it. She just goes to school the next day. It's all well and good. But it feels like the parents should be more strict. Like, I would expect them to be more yeah. strict. Like Absolutely, yeah. If you, in the 80s, mm. your daughter was drinking, like, that's it. She's going to Bible school. Yeah, and you'd probably, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but you probably would just give her a crack. That's the sort of uh, thing yeah. that would, would happen in a loving yeah. family. Physical abuse would have happened immediately and, for that girl. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it's, it's not, not for us to judge. <laughs> what was it, like the 60s that she went yeah. back in time to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, very horny for the 60s, this movie. Yeah, I, I imagine whoever wrote it, presumably they were brought up in this era, so it's going to be a love letter to mm -hmm. their childhood. Absolutely. I really enjoyed when Cage and Carrie saw Peggy Sue kissing another boy, or just hanging out with the arty Jack Kerouac lad. I liked that they looked at each other and went, duh, dun dun before discussing, like, Peggy Sue's might be seeing other people. 
And that is yeah. something we should bring into just everyone's life. Life needs more sound bites for sure. Later on in the film, Nick comes by her house because they're going to go to a party. Mm. And the mom makes Rice Krispie treats. Now, do you remember how he ate these treats? Yes. I get that. I feel like he was definitely doing, again, Nick, he makes a choice and he does the thing, right? Whether it's good or bad, he just does it. But the way he eats these treats is like they were poisoned or they were very sharp Mm. or something (laughs) terrible. Like he's just so, like he opens his mouth fully to take a bite of a small square treat. <laughs> but then that sort of uh, alludes to the idea that his character is very cautious. He feels like he's been burnt, rightly or wrongly. He feels hard done by. So he wants to show enthusiasm, but he's holding back. He's always holding back, whether it's his emotions or the size of bite of Rice Krispie treat. I mean, later on, he'll use the phrase throbbing thrill hammer, which is an absolute bloody delight. But when it comes to his uh, Rice Krispie intake, he wants to take it slow. He wants to take it steady. I mean, don't forget, at one point, Peggy Sue offers itself to him, and he gets really scared and nervous, because this is a cautious child man. Wow, okay, I didn't pick that up. I did not look enough into... I was just enamored by... Uh, the Peggy Sue character, but yeah, his his particular character is strange in a sense that, like, he is constantly cautious, but almost always outgoing. Yeah, he's um he's an interesting character. Like, I don't like the Nick Cage character. That goes without saying. But mm. I feel like Nick Cage does bring a nuance to this character that, mm. in the hands of like Matthew Broderick or something possibly wouldn't have been there <laughs> yeah absolutely i could not agree more matthew broderick could not do this no matthew broderick ain't shit on cage <laughs> i do enjoy um, when he's eating the rice krispie cakes the way he phrases like essentially saying to the father oh i'm gonna um i want to marry your daughter he says he says peggy sue is the woman i plan to take off your hands yes <laughs> yes yes okay it's so crazy because he's like, oh, you gotta, your trust is a two-way street, you know? I'm trusting you to raise a fine, fuckable daughter. Yes. Like, that's basically what he says. But, and it's, that was shocking to hear. But the balls on the man. Like, um, Absolutely. imagine having the confidence to, when someone's father is giving you a sort of like, you know, essentially, don't hurt my daughter. Treat her with respect and, you know, se- and make sure she's safe with you. And instead of just agreeing and trying to win their trust, just go like, whoa, 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 hang on. Hang on a minute. you got a job to do yeah. as well Listen, here, Buster. Okay, man? <laughs> I believe your daughter's safety is your concern, not mine. Yeah, man. And he says it with such a straight face. <laughs> God damn, that's insane. It's brilliant, and isn't immediately kicked out of that house and just kicked in when he goes outside. Like it, yeah. that father makes some choices, doesn't he? It also seemed like he wanted to impress mm. the character well. Like right before that scene, he's like got a hat on and yeah, smoking yeah, yeah. a cigar, just trying to seem like a big guy. What an interesting little snippet of the of the father we got from that. I mean, it implies that Nick Cage's dad was more important than he was, because he just owned a record 
become appliance store. But maybe the dad was a really influential member of the town, so mm. Peggy Sue's dad wants to keep him sweet and keep him happy. Mm. Like, that would make sense. Maybe his dad was also so, the mayor or something. Yeah, some town politics. Mm. The world building, man. It's, it's all there if you look for it. It is. But then the beatnik liberal person... When he's kissing Peggy Sue, he mm -hmm. is also quoting poetry during the kiss. I've got nothing to say about that. I just yeah, think it's important rat, to raise. This is rat vomit. Is that the quote? Yep. It started very nice, and it was like, uh, oh, then rat vomit in my eyes, and, it, and then they have sex. And let me tell you, I've never tried that line. <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> Also, I won't dwell too long, but let's assume we can assume all these high school students are 18, right? So there's no mm -hmm. sort of legal qualms. However, Peggy Sue is like a like late 30s, 40, essentially mm. sleeping with a couple of 18 year olds. Ooh, yeah, like, this is an interesting quandary. Legally yeah. fine, but morally, it, that, it's dubious, yeah. isn't it? It it is because what where do you cr cross the line? Like is is she a thirty year old woman in an eighteen year old version of her own body, and is that still fucked up? Because mm. it's still pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's very strange situation. When we consider the responsibilities she has to the world based on age, we have to think of her as the age that she is rather than the age of the body she's currently inside us mm, with yeah, the age of the mind the age the experience of experience of a person yeah does matter a lot so peggy sue's <laughs> a predator really in many ways yeah actually you can say that like her the first thing she kind of thought of mm. when she got back out of like recovering from the shock of the event is let me bang some youngins. Yeah, that's the very, very first thing that she did. We're being very kind, assuming everyone's definitely 18. I mean, we'll stick with that assumption, yeah. but there's a very real chance, because they hadn't graduated yet, that she was using time travel loopholes. It's like if Marty McFly had gone, fuck it, I may as well bang my mum, because, you know, in for yeah. a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> like, it seems right. I can't believe that record company rejected Cage, though. And sorry, just jumping all over the place, but I cannot believe that man turned down Cage in the nightclub. Actually, yeah, because I thought he put on a, a wonderful performance. And then to have there, there's this whole arc where Peggy Sue is trying to like help people mm. with her future knowledge. Yeah, and the one thing she does is give the Nick Cage character a, a Beatles song, <laughs> <laughs> and he and he tries to fix it, which yeah. is. The most hilarious thing to fix, like a almost a perfect piece of music. <laughs> I would have been interested in um, a sequel where Nick Cage's character did end up selling that one song. Maybe he made no music after that. Imagine not only the money he would get from the sales of that song, but the amount of money he would get from suing the Beatles for plagiarism. I think they would have been like, "Damn, someone act, someone got our song." That's all there is to it. I mean, what happens? What happens if you steal if you steal a song from the future to give to your boyfriend in the past? What are the repercussions there? There can't be any. I mean, <laughs> it, technically, he got to it first. Yeah, I suppose. But then does she come round to a world where he's rich off the song? Because Nick Cage's character is either going to be rich off the Beatles song or spend his whole life destroyed by the fact that he had a song that has made someone else rich that he chose not to use. 
Oh, yeah, that's an interest. Yeah, maybe he just doesn't go into it, mm. into music, and then somehow the song that his uh, previous girlfriend wrote yeah. becomes massive hit. And then he's going to spend the rest of his life going, did my girlfriend hang out with the Beatles for ages? Yeah, did she know the Beatles? Yeah, and why did she never? She knew I was into music. She would have known them about the same time that we knew each other. Why has she never introduced me to the Beatles? This is her destroying the trust. No wonder he cheated on her. She's been hanging around with the Beatles. She's been hiding the Beatles away from him. Yeah. What a jerk. I enjoyed Nick Cage's character uh, saying, would the world still like me if I stopped being Mr. Excitement? When he has given no indication that he could be called Mr. Excitement throughout the entire film. Yeah, he, he's given himself and his penis a lot of pretty excellent names, honestly. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, as he said himself, he's got the hair, he's got the teeth, he's got the eyes. Like, <laughs> he's definitely the... Look out that window. <laughs> I've got the card, too. <laughs> it, yeah, there's a there's a brief scene where he is talking to... I'm not sure who this singer is. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to know. Mm. But he's, he's got a cutout of a... A popular artist in his car and he's kind of praying to it and it just seems like throughout the whole film he's like modeled himself completely to be a singer yeah and then we are we are supposed to ascertain from that like that his failure of not achieving that he puts all on peggy sue during their uh marriage together which is you know almost certainly unfair but it's understandable not some i don't agree with it but I understand happens, why he would uh, resent her. Because as far mm. as he's concerned, if you hadn't become pregnant, like, not thinking it all through and that, but mm. so, like, you had pregnant, forcing children on me, which ruined my chances to be a singer. Even though, yep. really, it was that idiot who turned him down in the R&B bar. That's the man <laughs> who destroyed his dreams. And maybe he, the lack of his own creativity. I mean, yeah, there is, there is also that. Because he messed up a Beatles song. I think that's also <laughs> a little inkling into his talent mm. there, is that he got a perfect piece of music and changed it. But I quite like, by about this time in the film, you can feel that the writer's going like, I think we've written ourselves into a corner, and I'm not sure what yes. to do. Can the grand- Send her to the grandparents. Why? What happens there? <laughs> he's a wizard, yep. and he's got wizard friends. Do you want to seed that throughout the film? to sort of? So No, no, no. no. Just bring it out no. of absolute nowhere. No, I don't know what else to do with this film, so Grandpa Wizard it is. And then they don't even use the wizard spell. They use, like, mm. kissing in a garden. Not a garden, yeah. kissing Which, in a green Which, by the way... He, she goes to her grandparents' house. Mm. She spends a night with them. She goes with her grandpa to this meeting. By the way, I don't care who your grandfather is. If he's going to a meeting with a bunch of old dudes, yep. and just don't go with him. No. Nothing good can come of that. But they genuinely cast some sort of crazy spell. Yep. It starts to work until Cage steals her. How did he know? That's absolutely unless he was following her, and he was following her. He was stalking. He her. must Had have been. He's been. already shown himself, like back in the basement, when he said, "I've got the hair, I've got the eyes." He was being very mm. creepy, and it seemed like, "Are mm. we gonna see him actually attack her?" It was getting close to that. So they've told us he's 
potentially violent and creepy as all hell. He must have been following her. The implication being Absolutely. he followed her all the way to the grandparents to steal... And kidnapped her. Yeah, his plan was always to kidnap her. So he could propose to her. Mm. Yeah, it's... Again, and, and during this phase of the film, Peggy Sue is trying to figure out what she's going to do. Yeah, This is the point where like you're supposed to figure out with Peggy Sue, why she gets married. And I think it's because of her children. Yeah, that seems to be the only thing which makes her... She doesn't want to get married. She's not happy in the marriage. Yeah, yeah. it's just the children. The children are the ones yep. that ruined her life, really. It's just like the whole film posits this idea that their relationship failed. Mm. And she has another chance, because it's that's if you would do it all over again, Grandpa, would you yeah. do something different? Uh, he's like, take but, care of my teeth better. Yeah. God bless I him. Mean, That's a good line. Absolutely charming. But it kind of proves that like the same thing's going to happen, mm. that you're going to get married to this man. You're going to have kids. He's going to cheat. You're going to suffer all over again. So back to square one, I guess. I suppose. Like, it, it, nothing improves for her. No. Or for him. Now, do we think this film is going to beat the next one that we're going to discuss. <laughs> okay, I really want to give this second film a fighting chance, mm-hmm. but in reality, I wish I'd never saw it. Really? Uh, well, then I was dreading watching, get it, going to watch it, because I've heard of it. Yeah. The next film we're going to talk about is the 2014 monstrosity Left Behind. I have a question for you. These books, I know that they were, the Left Behind books, they were massively available in America. Um, Have you heard of this series of books? Nope. Until I watched this film and read around it, I had not heard of this series of books. I now know there are 16 of them, and now I feel an obligation to read all 16 of them. Please, don't do that to yourself, but I won't stop you. I must confess, I quite like this film. Really? Yeah, I quite like this film. The oh, film directed no. by possibly one of the most prolific stunt doubles in the world. Yeah, Vic Armstrong was stunt double for Harrison Ford in all the Indiana Jones films, most of the Star Wars films. He's been a stunt double for a few of the different James Bonds. He was a stunt double for years and years and years. That was his deal. That's what he was known for. Interesting. And he thought, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to direct a, let's be fair, quite unhinged and weird film about yeah. the rapture. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a move for a stuntman. Mm, mm. I'm, Do I'm you here think, for it. I, I, you know what? I, hearing that and thinking about the film, I don't think it was poorly directed. There weren't many stunts, considering it was directed by someone who made their career in stunts. Mm. Being a stunt double. But there was a, a lot more explosions Loads. than I thought was going to be in this film, more, honestly. More than were necessary, if we're honest. Mm. And also, Rory's boyfriend from Gilmore Girls is in it. It's hard to shift into also like, oh, so now he's not a baddie like he was in Gilmore Girls. He's a smooth operator. And he's a kind-hearted guy who does... He's a journalist? Yeah, he's an investigative journalist who writes books that I assumed when we first saw them, it's like Acts of God, and the first mental Christian woman we see is like, I I love it, will you sign it? I assumed that he was going to be a religious one. Now, whether he just throws away his religion because pretty girl wants to speak to me and she hates religion, 
Also, I, I know I'm all over the place, but there's just a couple of things I want to get out straight away. U2 tickets are used as a sort of MacGuffin to pass on a bit <laughs> of the plot, right? Uh-huh, yeah. This is the second film I've seen, the other one being one of the Taken films, right? Where U2 tickets are used to show, like, hey, some hip musical extravaganza is going to be going down. When did U2 get seen with anything other than contempt? That's very surprising to me that it would even come up in more than one film. It's doing the same job, because even though you go, oh, well, Nick Cage is, like, middle-aged father and husband going through a midlife crisis, of course he would go, you too, that's what the kids listen to, this is hip music. (laughs) But he's using that to seduce the... Stewardess. Stewardess, who... I don't know how old she is. She's got to be in her 20s. Like, she's supposed to Uh, be young and... um, She's, like, as... She looks as young as his daughter. Yes, and she doesn't look dissimilar to his daughter. No, very similar. It's really creepy. It, it's not, Now, I don't know whether they did that on purpose with the casting. I like to think they did. I think it was a choice, yeah. It gives a nice nod to Nick Cage's character being unpleasant, even though I would argue <laughs> that he's just misguided rather than unpleasant. But the fact that yeah. he's essentially banging the door implies that he's not as nice as we want. But somehow, this film lets him be as badass as any character really oh he's got one of the coolest action film lines in the world though hasn't he like much later on in the film it's like oh my god aren't you scared i will be when i have time (laughs) have time yes i was like okay this is uh one thing i like about this yeah we open in an airport essentially you've got nick cage taking off his wedding ring and you know that he's you know that he's doing a sin he's definitely doing a sin and then immediately the film starts throwing hints at us, which I'm not sure what they're hinting at, but they must be important. Like, at 16 minutes and 23 seconds, there's just a chat going on between the daughter and the investigative journalist, but in the background, there are two extras dressed all in green pointing at a blank wall for no reason. Okay, did not see this. I don't know what that's implied, but that must be telling us something. (laughs) Yeah, I feel... I Look, it would not surprise me if there were tons of little messages strewn about this entire film. There's answers in this film. It is full of answers. This investigative journalist, who's also incredibly famous... Yeah, he's super famous. Yeah, do you know... Can you name a in-real-life investigative journalist? I suppose Louis Theroux would count? yeah, no idea. Okay. I couldn't give you one single name, and I don't think most people could either. But apparently in this reality, investigative journalists are like rock star, movie star people. But I like that about this world. First of all, she imposes herself on the situation between him and this uh, woman who kind of starts speaking immediately. I don't even know if this is like five minutes into the film. Mm. But there's Bible verses. Yes. Like, from the get-go, we, we hit it, we get it, we're, we got it. <laughs> and and yeah. she interjects herself into this conversation to be like, well, actually... Uh, <laughs> this is two minutes to into save the film, him. this happened. He doesn't need saving, but she just... Let's be no. fair, she's rude. She's rude, she walks up to strangers oh, yes. and yeah. just goes, ah, you're talking about something I don't agree with. My opinion is so more. So here's important. my point yeah. of view. Yeah. And, and she doesn't have a well thought out argument either, which is no. It's not. It's not. Con- it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Honestly. No, and what? And what's that? That woman's essentially just saying like, "Oh, I quite like the Bible. You've written a book. Would you sign it?" 
She's not yep. she's not there saying anything else. This is a meat cute over the weirdest topic ever and mm. how they slide into a more personal conversation from being coming from just complete strangers, by the way, and to getting into their lives and like a traumatic situation that he's involved with and her struggle with her mother. Um, by the way, her mother just suddenly loved Jesus like not too long yeah. ago. Yeah. And that that's a contingent, that's a plot point mm-hmm. in this movie. It's a problem for this family, yep. which, by the way, these characters are written in such a, I'm a Christian, this is how I think atheists think and believe, like, sort of way that it's it's painfully obvious. But beside that, she she doesn't like her mother. She talks to this guy about her problems, and somehow we're really supposed to think, like, Oh yeah, these two are these guys are into I each other. I know. Surely that guy should be thinking, well I won't be rude, but I'm going to sit down and listen and nod and do, you know, active listening until I can say goodbye and then I'm never going to think of this person again for the rest of my life. But no. Not only does she impose on him by offloading all of her emotional woes with her family, the biggest of which is, oh, my my mum's now religious now. It's like, all right, do you live with her? No. Then what's the issue? Like, yeah. She gives him the U2 tickets to give to her dad. She, that lets her know, because her father is taking off. It's his birthday mm. that she's coming home for, and her father is taking off to London. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a stewardess, but she doesn't know that. And it gets confirmed with the YouTube tickets. Because yeah. YouTube tickets, let's be honest, it's the focal point of the entire movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> Had to search for two weeks for these. Two whole weeks for YouTube tickets yeah. because they're in such high demand. They are in high demand. <laughs> because everyone still thinks YouTube. They are a relevant, incredible, and exciting band. How much money did YouTube pay to get this in this film? I don't know. I wonder whether this film had to pay them to be in it. <laughs> there are multiple name drops of companies or product placements that we'll get through. <laughs> I will mention them <laughs> as we work through this film. Okay, there's a handful of them. And uh, yeah, but they he gets on a plane and we're supposed to, I don't know, they like make this connection. Yeah that we're supposed to believe, I don't believe it. And regardless of what connection they've made, which is unbelievable, but whatever, it's happened. He did not make any connection with her father, so a stranger who happens to be in first class is allowed to just wander into the cockpit, Yeah. which... Yeah, well, he's famous. But but I don't know whether you've been on a plane since 2001, but they (laughs) really, really upped security. Yeah, they sure did. And somehow... He just, he's, well, I, I, just plainly speaking, mm. he is white man in charge material. Yeah. He's famous. So that's two reasons why we listen and uh, like respect his authority throughout the movie. That's, that gives him all the license to do everything he's going to do during this film. Mm. Later on, as if to hammer the point home, when everyone gets raptured, one of the people who's left on the plane, who seems the nicest person appears to be left on the plane exclusively because they're Muslim. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So th- the writing in this is not great. No, it's not. It's not. That's a, that's a, let's just say that. We'll get it out of the way. It's not terribly acted. It's really just the lines coming out of their mouth that's a problem sometimes, I but think, I didn't want to hammer on I it. think the actors are excellent because they all, well, most of them, they've been given 
nothing to work with with the script. Mm-hmm. I imagine yeah. they weren't paid a lot. And no, they no, they no. know that the best thing they can hope for from this is to get mocked occasionally for starring in a film. <laughs> but they bring it. Nicolas Cage character, Ray Still. Yeah. Uh, the names in this is insane. Nice. But Ray Still is the main character's name. And um the and Buck is on a plane that he is flying. So yeah. okay, sure, let's let's just for the sake of the film, believe that they all had to go to London for some fucking yeah. reason. And uh, on this plane, we meet a uh, small person. Yeah. And my shock was, oh no, he isn't going to get to go to heaven because he's small. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was really worried that that was going to be it. Later in the film, we find out that he gambles. And that's why he doesn't go to heaven. And, but... and he's a very angry and unpleasant person. Oh, yeah, he's very abrasive as an individual. It, it's not just, like, you're not getting in dressed like that. It's not It's not as simple and clear-cut as that. But then, you know the the elderly couple that are in first class? Yes. W- yeah. What's the difference between them? Because one of them, like, the man goes, the woman stays. The only thing that that character posits to us is that she is suffering from some sort of dementia, mm. right? That's it. Yeah. So does she doesn't get to go to heaven because she has dementia? I think God hates people with dementia. Is the only thing we can get out of this. Yeah, if you're sick or ill, yeah. in any way, no heaven for you. We, no diseases appear. Please don't bring it. You know the um, big black gentleman who sat next to Buck, mm-hmm. who goes to heaven. Yes. First of all, uh, a small scene with Buck and him is translated to me. I have a black friend. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> oh. I'm a cool guy. I have a black friend. And then that's it. You just get that little bit of character building for yeah. Buck. And like, black friend, cool. Right. We got it. Pass. Let's go to the next scene quickly. <laughs> so he, for some reason, is a good person, whereas everyone else is bad. And he seems very yeah. jolly, but I would have thought, this might not be fair, perhaps he was there to represent, like, gluttony or something. Yeah, I thought so too. In fact, uh, there is another character who turns out to be the air marshal, mm. uh, who's quite a bigger fellow, but he goes as well. Yeah. And we, we kind of jumped over yeah, this, sorry. but in this film, there's a point in time where people go to heaven. <laughs> if you didn't know that about Left Behind, I'm sorry. Oh, God. I, I'm sorry yeah. this is confusing. But the whole plot of Left Behind is that suddenly God just raptures people up into heaven. Yeah, because the rapture happens at about uh, roughly 32 minutes and 39 seconds. So, yeah, the the rapture happens and then you've got about almost another hour and a half of just dealing with the consequences of this. So much time is given to the fact that when the rapture happens, the world immediately goes to shit. And it's unrealistic to me that that's what happens. I understand the uh, running screaming because there'd be blind panic if mm-hmm. half of the people mm-hmm. in a busy area suddenly vanish and leave their clothes behind and most of these people are yeah. children i understand blind panic i also understand a couple of cars that had drivers the drivers suddenly disappear mm-hmm. and a, a light airplane where the pilot disappeared i understand those crashing I yeah, d- all that makes sense to me too. i don't understand a driverless car still revving as it crashes through a window. I mean, I don't yeah. drive myself, but I imagine... Someone really put the gas on. <laughs> well, maybe they've got really heavy boots, so 
<laughs> their boots left yeah. yeah they have still toe boots just, just and they just left on them. it over and over again yeah but yeah immediately everyone goes well i suppose i should loot i should do the stealing yeah then. yeah which seems unple- i mean imme- uh, admittedly all of the christians have gone who are looking after us most of the time morally right yeah if you assume that everyone good just left the planet yeah. then yeah it makes total sense that like immediately murder and stealing is going to happen Rapture happens and everyone's really confused. I mean, I don't know how I would react in that situation, but I like to think I wouldn't go, oh my God, who's done it? What have you done if you taken these children? You're yeah. like, right, I'm not sure what's happened, but these fuckers have disappeared. It's not, they haven't all been kidnapped really quickly. Like, yeah. well, well, they literally have. That is what God chose yeah. to do. He chose to go, so like, kidnapped I want yeah. all of those children up with me without their parents, please, is what God chose to do there's a there's a couple of facts about this scenario that i would like to question first of all being every child yeah all over the planet all over the planet is gone and without getting into details about christian mythology yes i my assumption growing up was that every person is born with sin and unless you do something about it you, you still got it. Now, you see, even though that is true, God will look after children. It doesn't define what that counts as when it comes to age, whether that means anyone below 18, anyone below 12, anyone yeah, below... Yeah, does it have an age no, limit? No, but, but children <laughs> and anyone who's mentally incapacitated. While you're a child and while you're mentally incapacitated, you're essentially the same and you can't be responsible for your choices and you have yet to be able to try and seek forgiveness and all of that stuff. Okay. So that so that's sure. why, according to the mythology, children are mentally incapacitated will immediately get gone. Why that old woman with dementia in that case was yeah. left behind seems cruel. She yeah. must have been a that's turbo a prick. Over, yeah. Like she Oh she yeah, must have been yeah. like she was... in the SS or something. Also, uh if you think about it, there were a lot of policemen mm-hmm. around. Yep. Uh still a lot of doctors and stuff. Yeah. God's like, nah, fuck those people. <laughs> we know that, in the, at least in America, they're all supposed to be Christian, mm-hmm. and they're all supposed to be really nice people, and we're supposed to protect the boys in blue. But, you know, when it comes to rapture, fuck those guys. They're staying on Earth. If you look at God, particularly the sort of like the Christian God, the Abrahamic religion God, if you look at his massive, beautiful sort of divine knuckles, he does have a cab tattooed on them. <laughs> <laughs> So even God is like, nah. Yeah, not those, those guys. guys. I found that particularly hilarious. I, I made the note of like, is this flight like a societal Noah's Ark in the <laughs> sense of like, we have to have represented every bad thing a person can be. And we have to show why they weren't able to go. It's because we understand that race deal and the stewardess, they stay behind because adultery, which doesn't yep. seem fair because the stewardess, as we find out when she she had no idea, yeah. she she he she was much as betrayed as he was. Yeah, why isn't? But this is another case of like, well, the woman's to blame. It's on her to kind of, I guess, know if the man she's seeing is married or not. I get, I guess that's how this works. So it's still her sin of adultery, basically. If you have sinned, or if you're important to the plot, you will be left behind. Sure. I don't understand why the mother got raptured as well. Because even though she was a Christian and going on and on and on about God all the time, she mm. was portrayed, we were led to believe that she was going to be the villain of the piece for quite a lot of mm-hmm. the film. 
Like, she mm. was shown not to have found religion, but to have abandoned her family, to have become just a thorn in the side of everyone. Yeah, and it turns out, like, that... So, again, this is my opinion. Of, this is me thinking that a Christian wrote an atheist point of view, and that the mother is a problem because she believes in God. Uh, and then it turns out, like, really, she was just trying to warn them that bad stuff was about to happen, that the rapture was going to happen. Yeah, but, you know, if you listen to every mental who tells you that the world's about to end, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't get anything done. Like, when all the chaos is going on in the streets and everyone's being uh, raptured up, who's going to be raptured and that, uh, one of the people who's gone is presumably a homeless person who has sat on the street, and he's left behind a cardboard sign which says, The end is, is here. Me? Yeah, he knew. I think that's what the film deposits like is maybe even if you just know the rapture is coming and you have some sort of belief system, you can go. But I quite like that very quickly after the rapture, we are told like the children all over the world have gone as if someone did a head count. Yeah, the news really travels fast on this. It feels like it was 17 minutes later. And we're looking at a TV screen where all the children are gone. By the way, you can't tell me. You just can't tell me. There's like one kid out there <laughs> who did like some fucked up shit and didn't get to go. Like you, you can't tell me that God was like, oh, that kid, he's 12 years old, but he murdered a couple. That's fine. God, God's go. God's fine with them. Right? <sighs> That's insane. Get your murdering in young. God damn, my best years are really behind me, I guess. You cannot morally murder anymore. Like, you can't even Damn. be a um, policeman to murder someone. I should just pull a Peggy Sue, go back in time, and do a murders. Yeah. There's a film that Nick Cage should go back in time into younger Nick Cage and do murder before the rapture in order to get a taste of taking someone's That's, life. Yeah, watching someone's life drain from their eyes. And be morally fine. Right, and yeah, there were loads of fucking dogs knocking around after the rapture. Uh, yeah. I was led Do- to animals don't count, right? But I was led to believe that all dogs go to heaven. <sighs> yes, yeah, you know Disney really skewed our perspective of, and you know they're to blame. Yeah, they're to blame as to why Nick Cage and everyone on that plane doesn't go to heaven. Oh, definitely, definitely. It it was not the gambling or being Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my fucking that! I have a I have a note that says anti-Muslim slub plot <laughs> because there's several characters in this film who are like that guy's Muslim he's gotta be up to something. <laughs> I've been on maybe two flights my whole life, mm. but the captain Ray Steele yeah decompresses the cabinet. Yeah, I don't know if by flipping some switches. Why would you have that switch? Why is that? Why thing? is that possible? Can they? Can, I'll tell you what. If anyone is listening to this and you are a pilot, and why would you not be listening to this if you're a pilot, right? You've got a long time to listen to stuff. So. Exactly. I mean, for Christ's sake, don't listen to this while you're supposed to be concentrating on flying. Land the plane first. No, you're good. There's autopilot, man. Keep listening. But there's also a switch, apparently. Look up right now where you are. Is there a switch that you can kill everyone on board? Lord, yes. Because, yes, because, like, without air that high up, you lose consciousness so quickly mm, mm. and end up dying so fast. But somehow you've the guy just has that ability. He just did it sort of like, shut up, everyone. It was the yeah. shut up switch. Like... He could have killed people with that. He could have. I mean, maybe it didn't really matter by that stage, because enough people had disappeared that it, it... 
and chances are he wasn't going to land it, and he wouldn't have landed it if his daughter didn't go, hang on, I saw Die Hard 2 once, I know just what to do. <laughs> that really bothered me, because I don't know if that's actually possible on a plane, I hope it isn't. And then I, ha- I have a note shortly after that, mm. even though Ray didn't, doesn't get to go to heaven, he still gets to be a badass. Yeah. Which, throughout this entire film, uh, he's a sinful man who regrets his actions, mm. But still gets to be the most what the most badass guy in the like, film. We're still on his side, mm-hmm. absolutely, and presumably because yeah. this film. I mean, uh, just in case anyone couldn't have guessed, this film tanked. It did so badly. I think it's got like a zero percent rating on loads of things and all all of that stuff. Presumably, if they had gone on to do all of the sequels they wanted to, Nick Cage, are you still married if your wife has been raptured? Ooh. Right, isn't he technically a widow? I suppose. So is But did she really die? I mean, he's rapturing the death of you. Well, it's taking Where's the line? Okay, because um yeah. let's let's suppose you're married and if your wife goes to the shops without you, that does not mean you can get with anyone you want while they're at the shops, okay? Mm-hmm. If they go abroad for months at a time, again, you've agreed that's not acceptable to go about and do what you want with who you want. If mm-hmm. they go to heaven, presumably for the rest of time, they're not dead, you're not a widower, they're, they're still kind of alive, but they're no longer on this mortal plane. Is that alright? Can he get with the air stewardess or not? Yeah. Like, Because, uh, assumingly... If you die and go to heaven, it's kind of the same situation. Yeah. Presumably you don't care once you're in heaven. You go, I've got paradise, which will would not include... Like, I don't know whether the stewardess would have wanted uh, Ray Steele to go anywhere near her anyway, but I'm yeah, sure yeah. with enough time he could convince her that, come on, I made a mistake, and we're all damned for all eternity. Let's have a go on one another. That's a tricky situation. My personal belief mm. in this might be too racy for TV... <laughs> She's gone. She's out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She left and went to heaven. You're a widow now. I mean, it's it's like uh, Ray Steele himself says at one point, like, if she wants to go with another man, at least it was Jesus. A very strange part of the film is, I, I won't get into this part too much, mm. but the daughter goes on a fucking adventure. Yeah. She's just experiencing the worst of the worst. Um, but Ray is solving some fucking mysteries yes. while flying a plane. And he goes digging into his co-pilot's possessions. Mm-hmm. Because he's got to know. He doesn't know why. He's got to figure yeah. out why everyone's gone. The co-pilot wasn't wearing underwear. I just want to say that. He looked at all of his stuff, yeah. picked up the pants, no undies. Mm-hmm. That guy still got to go to heaven, by the way. No undies got to go to heaven. I, I call shenanigans. <laughs> John 3.16 yes. and... Bible study in the event planner. That's all you needed to confirm. And John three sixteen. That's the um, for God so loved the world that he gave his world, one and yeah. only son. So yeah. whoever believe in him shall not perish but have yeah. eternal life. Yeah, I believe it's called the Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> so by this stage, everyone's gone. 
Cage has worked out exactly what the fuck's going on. He's worked out this is the rapture. Irene, my idiot wife, was banging on about this all the time. This fella without the underwear next to me, he goes to Bible camp. Yeah. The woman I was trying to bang, she's still here because utter filth. Like she's like there's no way that woman was getting into heaven. I could have told you that years ago. I'm redeemable, but this lady not, not even a chance. close. But we find out later that with the the daughter's journey ends. Yes. With a visit to the their local church, I assume. Yes. And the pastor is still here. Now, you were thinking the same thing I was thinking, I imagine. Like, what? A, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, that is definite. And the pastor even looked like, yeah, this, uh, this was always going to be my comeuppance for it. Yes. He knew the whole time mm-hmm. that, that, that it was coming. And he said all this. By the way, my, my note for this is poignant remark on American money pastures. <laughs> because this is a big problem. This man says he could tell you the verse... Like, it's the back of his hand. He knows the book, but he doesn't believe in it. Mm. So that's how we know, like, you got to be a believer. That's how the homeless man, who probably never went to church no. or wasn't allowed to, that's how he got uppeted. So we go from uh, that this situation of uh, the pastor. Yeah. The daughter moves to a bridge. It seems like she's going to do it. She's going to throw herself off. It's a very sad situation because... You know, there's just hell and no answers. But also, at the top of that bridge, signal. Yeah, (laughs) signal. She gets hold... By the way, there's a small scene between Buck and Ray Mm. where they're like, "Uh, you got a satellite phone? He's like, yeah, satellite phone, I'm a pilot. And that's it. They're friends now. (laughs) Of course you're going to be friends. If, If you've both got satellite phones, I've never met anyone who's got a satellite phone, but I would friend the shit up out of them. Especially if I also had one, because how many contacts do you have in a satellite phone? Really? <laughs> yeah, all people with CB radios, they're all friends, aren't they? All... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every TV show and movie says so. I imagine there's a club for people with satellite rate, uh, satellite telephones. But... <laughs> there's at least a subreddit for it. Oh, def- oh of course there will. Well, there's... <laughs> so she's at the top of the bridge. She climbs up there and she makes it easy. Easy work for her to climb up that bridge. Yeah, she. Yeah, that was amazing. I can't imagine in real life it's actually doable. I imagine it's got to be locked up somehow. But she's buff, though, isn't she? Like she's a. Yeah. She must be the strongest person. She could easily. Man, she's been running around yeah. all day, all day. She's top of that. It's it's a very emotional thing, and it genuinely made me think. Oh, I. I hope she doesn't die. Oh, I like. Yeah, her. it was very sad for her to confront this reality of her also uh, you know not knowing exactly why but being told like yeah it's this is it this is what your mom talked about and you ignored this is the rapture happening and at this point uh, she gets a call on her, because she too has a satellite phone. How many people do have satellites? Uh, well, really? Every journalist, every pilot, every pilot's daughter, daughter, wife, wife too, presumably. I also enjoy that it's like got a satellite phone. Yeah, I've got a satellite phone as well. Cool. <laughs> Could you ring my daughter? Already got a number, buddy. <laughs> number. Yeah, that. Yeah, I completely skipped over that, like, and so did the movie. Yeah. By the way, this airplane is just fucked. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, God. It's completely fucked. It's, it ran into another airplane. Yeah, because which, the pilot disappeared. And they... Yeah, pilots notoriously... Notoriously religious, I, by the way. I'll tell you what, that's... Out of the four pilots that we are aware of in this film, three of them get raptured. That's not bad odds, really. Yeah, yeah. while you're telling us about the decompression and the satellite phones, pilots, can you tell us about your relationship with God? Like, <laughs> God, yes, please. Thank you. He calls the daughter. The daughter's, like, crying, obviously, but she's, sweet, you, you might survive. The airplane's fucked, but there's a chance, there's a chance if she can just mm. die hard to it, because... Yep. You know, it's... Like you say, it's out of fuel. Bits of the plane don't work anymore. Okay, earlier in the film, (laughs) strangely, I thought, uh, while her and her brother, the creepy little boy thing, um, go to the mall, Mm. they pan to a, like, road close construction work ahead sort of thing. And I thought, well, why are you showing me this? Mm. This doesn't matter at all. And then, come to find out, she's going to use that stretch of road yeah. to help laying the plan with. Which brings us to our our next uh, uh, drop, name drop, Ford. <laughs> the Ford truck company. Every other truck is closed and locked or doesn't work, but the Ford truck. Ford believes in God, goddammit. For a cheap, sort of, kind of shoddy slapdash film, everything has its payoff. It's clumsy, and the writing's poor, but yeah. Everything is there for a reason. They probably give you too many. Th- like, there's too many glimpses at Bible and of fish necklaces and stuff like that. There's too many of those. But they're all there to sort of go, oh, by the way, we're not going to say explicitly what the rapture is until about 56 minutes into the film. Mm-hmm. But we are going to make sure there's no doubt in the audience's mind. Yeah. So At the same time. Yeah, yeah. It, it almost hints at giving an... Uh, a dramatic irony like we are telling you you think it's this you're correct it is definitely this the characters don't know but let's watch them find it out isn't it uncomfortable and quite exciting that we know what they don't yet know so it yeah it sort of yeah. does all of these sort of like lazy film school techniques really well mm. really well it's like and then we as soon as we find out mm. it's like okay well that's done uh now the plane's crashing let's figure this part out shall yeah. we so she's trying to figure that out. She steals the motorbike, naughty, and is going to... She's chatted. She's chatted to her dad. She's chatted to the Gilmore guy. She's worked out exactly what the plan is going to be. Uh, she makes her mm. way there, and everyone on the plane yeah. just starts praying turn, together like absolute losers. Turn on your compass app. Yeah, yeah it's that simple. Although yeah. he does patronise her quite heavily like the level of mansplaining which has not been in this film it could have been there several times but they've chosen not to they've given her autonomy and they've assumed an intelligence as you know she's at college her dad's a pilot she's gonna fucking know what coordinates are i don't know what this the her whole character god it's it's just very damning of what the perception of that kind of Mm. person is more than it is a remark on the character yeah. itself. He could have said, read out the coordinates, maybe, because she's stressed, you go like, okay, where are they? Oh, they're, if you look at the bottom, there. oh yeah, I've got them. Something like that would imply that she's not yeah. thinking straight because high stress, but she's not an idiot. Whereas instead, yeah. you know, those little, all right, lovely, right? 
if you if you open up your your little girl brain, there we go. That's a good girl. Yeah, there we go. And see those little numbers, not the big no, not the big numbers, the little ones at the bottom. Oh, read those all out to me. Thankfully, <laughs> that means they can find out exactly where she is. She does an explosion. Yep. Bish bash bosh. They they land an absolute treat. Everyone's praying, even the Muslim. It doesn't go into details whether he prays to the Christian God. Mm, yeah, maybe he's changed. Maybe he changed it up last minute, huh? And I, I suspect, I bet when I read the book, he does convert to Christianity. I bet he does, and I Ooh, bet in, that would be interesting to in find. In earlier out. drafts, I bet that happened in the script, but they pussied out at the last minute. Absolutely, everyone's getting off the plane, right? We get a lovely little bit of business between Cage and the stewardess where there's a very angry goodbye. She does not mm, like... To, yeah. He's like, hey... And rightfully so, yeah. Of, of course, he's been nothing but a dick to her. I like that she doesn't go like, oh, it's okay. It's not like in Peggy Sue Got Married where, she, where she's going like, nah, forget yeah. what happened. It's all good. This, Explicitly forgets. Yeah, this woman's just like, no, no, we're not cool. We're, we are not cool. And then she jumps out and slides away. No one can Good look for her. too angry just before sliding. I'm surprised that happened in this film. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, th- they're doing a lot setting up for a sequel that sadly never came. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah, that, that ending was... I actually checked to see if there was post-credit. I don't know if post-credit thing was happening at this point in time. Uh, not in that film um, it didn't happen, did it? Like, no, not unfortunately. I would have loved to have seen uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson as God <laughs> uh, recruit, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone, who is an oil rig expert. They decided to end it by uh, the daughter, <laughs> one having her dad on one side holding his hand, and her boyfriend. Uh, uh, I guess now. I yeah, basically husbands. So, I mean, come on. So the two men like sharing her <laughs> essentially yeah it's so forced it's so incredible the relationship is so fucking forced it looks like the end of the world no not yet i'm afraid it's just the beginning the beginning no oh it's my not God, cage dude. there is not a sequel that's gonna happen here i like to propose an idea right so i don't necessarily think that movies are good or bad and they they have just levels of enjoyment yeah. and ways to enjoy them. Um, I propose like a cageometer, a cageometer, if you mm-hmm. will, of how Cage is the movie. And are we looking for the best Nick Cage movie? Or are we looking for the best Nicholas Cage? Like how how much Nicholas are we looking for here? We're- does that define the goodness of the movie? I think each film will stand up on its on its own because every mm. film associated with or with Nick slash Nicolas Cage will have mm. that certain undefinable, well, easily to define he is mental and it's great <laughs> watching him go mental. They will all have that. like Because these are two very tame films in terms of the Cage level of Cage. Right, because in... Absolutely. Peggy Sue is one of his early films, so he's um, hasn't yet found out what he wants to do with his acting career. He hasn't yet developed the character that we know and love today. And Left Behind, regardless of what he says in interviews about he gives his all to everything, he's phoning this in. Uh-huh. Which, yep. which is fine. He's giving the film 
the acting level that it deserves, everything's fine. Yes, I agree. But I think I think you're right. I think we are judging them as Nick Cage films. We're not just judging which film we prefer or which film mm. is objectively best because as you point out there's no such thing as a good or a bad film it's just different levels of enjoyment and i agree like the fact that someone completes and makes a film is a huge achievement yeah it's absolutely crazy that any movie ever gets made period yeah, and anyone go around going like oh this film's shit it's like no you're shit that's that's, <laughs> that's my grown-up response to it got him Got yeah, dude. yeah, like argue <laughs> against that, Balland. You can't, can you? I think a large part of it will be based on which one we preferred. But the thing which will lead us down that road is what the case. Essentially, how long is it going to take us before we admit that Peggy Sue was better than Left Behind, and that's the winner of these two? <laughs> yeah, so definitely, Peggy Sue is better yeah. than Left Behind. Yeah. I can fully agree on that. I I think that it's earlier on in his career, mm. but he's doing more. He is. He's being more. He's displaying very much. I couldn't believe. I thought it might take a few movies into his career for it to be like, oh, wow, he's really caging it up here. No, it's almost like as soon as he started, he caged it on up. And it was in an enjoyable way. Definitely. I didn't like the character because I wasn't supposed to like the character. And I enjoyed the character in ways that made me, uh, much like Peggy Sue, kind of fall in love with yeah. him uh, over the course of the film. And Left Behind was an interesting film not executed in the most tightest of ways. Yeah, I think Left Behind, I did enjoy Left Behind but my issue with it is whilst watching it I was almost mourning for the film that I was writing in my head. Like the version of it that I wanted to watch. It, That's a great point. Like yeah. that, that irritated me. Um, but with Peggy Sue amazingly i knew nothing about the film <laughs> so what That's so crazy. watching it was just sort of like wasn't expecting it like all oh, this is very very exciting and i agree with you the character the cage's character i didn't like at all but because he's an unpleasant character and it's got the horrible 80s thing where you can't have a bad character without a threat of a sexual assault like that yeah. that's that's just part of 80s <laughs> films which is irritating but that is definitely of of the for this first episode with these first two films it is definitely peggy that gets it as best cage absolutely yeah i i completely agree and uh, I wonder if we'll ever run into a film where we'll disagree. But we'll get we'll to get that. To that. I, I, I imagine we definitely will disagree on a few things. There's, we can't agree on every single one. Surely. Surely not. Yeah, surely there will be a film where I'll be like, I don't know, man. Con Air is probably the best film ever made. Uh, <laughs> There's going to be uncomfortable combinations, isn't there? Like, I bet like oh, yeah. our two favorite Cage films whatsoever will be head-to-head early doors so it's like well this like wild at heart is better than all of these films apart from the one it's about in this couple like it's gonna be like what if it's wild at heart versus con air it's like what the hell do you do oh, there like yeah i don't know i've never even seen wild at heart so it'd be really cool to like yeah i can't wait to get there but, but we will at some point um, we will at some point absolutely yeah so next time we will go through another two cage films and we'll find which is definitely the best cage of that in the mean, in the meantime, try to get hold of Nick Cage. Try and get him to be our best friend. I'm sure it won't work for quite a few episodes, but after a while, that motherfucker's going to be our buddy, and he's going to be sat here yeah. with us. 
much like Cage and Peggy Sue, we just need to be persistent <laughs> and self-confident. You know, we've got the eyes, we've got the teeth. Look out the window, we've got the car. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Just before we go, have you got anything to promote? Have you got any side hustles that you want to push? Any? Uh, sure. I, I hopefully at this point in time, I will be streaming on Twitch TV. So twitch.tv slash thoughts and flight. And I have a Twitter, but it's not good, so <laughs> I don't do anything with it. Maybe I'm going to leave it up to you guys to find that shit. And all, all of these links, regardless of how much Tom wants to hide them from you, they'll all be in the show notes. <laughs> so go watch his streaming thing. Obviously, listen to all of the millions of podcasts that I've got. Go GregoryAikman.org. It's all there. But yeah, we'll see you again in a little bit. Keiju later. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole?